Captain's Log, Stardate 58130.6. The Cerritos has rendezvoused with the Archimedes and my old friend, Captain Sonia Gomez, so that we can assist in her first contact of the Lapirians. The lab system is fairly unassuming. A gas giant, couple class J's, obviously our new class M, and an unstable planetoid right here, just off its ecliptic. The Cerritos will be positioned outside the system. Isn't that overly cautious for a planetoid? Carol, I know Cali class isn't afraid of getting their nacelles dirty. We just don't want multiple ships approaching at once, or the Lapirians might mistake first contact for a first invasion. Of course. Once formalities are complete, the Cerritos can install subspace transponders and join us for a celebration with the locals. <laughs> I'll tell Sickbay to brace for hangovers. One more thing, Captain Freeman. I've heard that congratulations are in order. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Lodge Garnick, and with me, getting arrested for blowing up the backlit planet, are... Emily Bowen-Marler. Adam Bowen. And Rudy Kasbaker. So, welcome to Strange New Takes. Uh, we're reviewing episodes in this strange new era of Star Trek. A lot of shows coming up, um, but we are closing out with Season 2 of Lower Decks. The episode's called First First Contact. And um, we have an exciting uh, podcast in store for you. But first, be sure to follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tell your friends about the podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You know, that kind of puts us up on the list a little bit more. So maybe more people will listen to us. And uh, just like we always do, I'm going to just let you know this is a spoiler warning we are uh this episode uh, spoiled a number of things in star trek and uh as we talk about it we will do so and maybe spoil other things too so you have been warned uh but join us if you're ready to come all right well as rudy mentioned we're going to talk about the episode first first contact it's the 10th episode of the second season of star trek lower decks it's a season finale and it first aired on 14th October 2021. Quick production note, next week there's no new Star Trek, so we'll be doing our Lower Deck Season 2 recap. After each season of Star Trek ends, we typically do a recap episode, so that's going to be next week's episode. And then Star Trek Prodigy starts the week after, so we'll be jumping into reviewing episodes of Prodigy. Hope you enjoyed that. Well, Finally a Star uh, Trek I can watch with my kid. There you go, there you go. Um, also, just before I forget, this was a week that William Shatner went into space, and I got kind of strangely emotional watching him up there, um, to be honest. And I'm really happy for him. I'm just really happy for him. I guess the only regret I have is Leonard Nimoy couldn't be up there with him. Mm. And, you know, the, just hearing him say, like, looking out the window, being like, fascinating, would have been... Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, that would have been yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I thought I would mention that real quick. But, okay, getting back to first first contact, being introduced the second time by me. It's written by Mike McMahon. It's directed by Jason Zurek, and it occurred in-universe during the year 2381. 
All right, so we always start our episodes with our strange new takes, sometimes on life, sometimes on the episode, sometimes about both together. Who knows? We just mix it up. So, crew, who's got a strange new take for me? Nobody? Okay, well, why don't I go first <laughs> then? Um, let's see, what do I want to talk about? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, sometimes I just is what I was thinking about right before we started recording, and this is going to be one of those times. My strange new take is that apparently the tomatoes in Naples taste different, and I'm pretty excited to try them now. Because I, I haven't, like, knowingly had a Neapolitan tomato, but I will be in Naples in December, and I'm very excited to taste the tomatoes grown in the volcanic soil of the region, which apparently makes mm. them, like, super sweet. So, like, my friend was like, yeah, man, anytime you go to Naples, just eat something with a tomato in every meal. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Definitely so, eat pizza while you're there, too. Oh, so good. I will. I will. What was the name of that place we went to? Oh, it was really good. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll send you yeah. a recommendation. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Also go to that. There's a little Maradona alley or something where they sell Maradona gear. And there's like a huge mural of his. He used to play for Napoli. So right. Um, cool stuff, man. Okay. All right. Well, I, I will check it out. Um, this episode is... I feel like it is almost egregiously full of references, but they're but I like it because they're not always explicitly called out as such, and include including the final like shot of the episode, which is that to be con- classic TNG to be continued yeah. yep. card. <laughs> uh, and so I mean, this is just one big homage, basically, this entire episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's see, my strange new take for life would be the beginning of the week. You know, I usually have NPR on when I'm going to work and it just kept talking about how Trump was probably going to be the nominee and then going to be elected or something in 2024. And I was like, you know what? I'm going on vacation this week. I'm not going to listen to the news. So I turned the news off and I didn't (laughs) listen to any news all week long. And I think that was a good thing and a healthy thing for my state of mind. I used to judge people when I heard them say I don't watch the news. The past couple weeks I've been understanding why. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there's probably a healthy balance there, you know, so that we're aware of what's happening in the world, but we're not drowning in it. So. My strange new take for the episode is, you know, I'm just really enjoying these classic Star Trek episodes that we've been seeing lately. That's just, it's just felt good. This has felt really like Star Trek. Um, Very recognizable, very um, true to form, I guess, for the series or for the, not series, for the... Uh Franchise, franchise. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know there's a, there's a bigger this. word <laughs> anyway. So good stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess my uh, so I, it, uh, dear listener, if you can tell via the audio that there's something a little bit different, and that's uh, Emily and I are in the same room, uh, which is uh, very new to us for podcasting. Uh, we're, I'm I'm having to like constantly stare at, at Audacity and like see if my levels are like slightly different than Emily's and. We need someone to like push our heads like an inch closer or an inch away, and we'll see how it goes. But um, so, but for for my my true uh, uh, out of episode take is uh, I've always heard this from from chicken owners, and I have confirmed it. Uh, your chicken uh, knows about your calendar, and uh, she will do her very best to uh, almost die uh, when you are. Um, 
like about to go on vacation or it's like the middle of the night or perhaps it's a federal holiday and there are no vets that are open. (laughs) Uh, So Josephine gave us a little bit of a scare uh, yesterday morning as we were uh, going up to hang out with my family. She's doing all right. But uh, yeah, that was a bit a bit scary and very typical of chickens. So (laughs) uh, for the episode, I I think I just got to pile on to to what Emily was talking about. I, I just... I think that uh, it it almost feels like the whole purpose of Lower Decks was to just set up, like, what if we just made, what if we just, like, continued the TNG and DS9 era of Star Trek? Like, these just, these past couple episodes have just felt very much in line with it. And honestly, like, I would be, that would be great for me if I'd, I'd love a season three that's just very much, we're like, yeah, we can have some jokes, but like the purpose of the episode can just be like have let's just have a cool star trek plotline. Mm. And so uh bring up the rear with my strange new take um if y'all notice I put I was the one who arranged the sequence of the takes today and I'm going in last for one specific reason. I wanted to see if somebody would bring up the William Shatner thing and if they did I wouldn't go and talk about it I <laughs> <laughs> guess what it did happen um, but but I have another uh, new take and I don't know if any of us have talked about um, or mentioned the show Ted Lasso in in in, oh in yeah. podcast yet but I'm um, only halfway through season one I won't so. spoil it don't okay. worry, <laughs> don't worry. Um, I will say that it is such a good show I, I just finished the season two finale yesterday uh, especially Dumbledore in... kills dead lasso there you go <laughs> dead <laughs> lasso <laughs> um, yeah especially in 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 complicated times as you were alluding to Emily right there's mm-hmm. very few shows that really make you feel good at the end of it um for example mm-hmm. i mean there's great shows that make you feel that that's that great to watch but don't make you feel great at the end of it you know squid mm-hmm. game for example but um <laughs> um but um yeah ted lasso even if you don't watch um soccer or, or or football as they call it around the world um it's a great show to watch and if you do watch it um also and you haven't watched soccer and you like good competitive sports um the english premier league is a wonderful uh, franchise to follow um it was today was a great day so that's my that's my broad strange uh my general strange new take strange strange new take for this episode no uh no titan to the rescue no Riker to the rescue um yeah Cerritos to the rescue, right? Cerritos strong. So that was interesting. Um, I like that there was no Titan or Riker. So, all right, let me read the Memory Alpha episode summary because somehow we've made that a part of our recordings each week. Uh, so, who am I to disappoint those looking forward to the dramatic reading? <laughs> In this season two finale, the USS Cerritos is tasked to aid another starship on a first contact mission. One sentence, brief, to the point. I like it. Are these, you'll think these summaries are written by somebody on Memory Alpha or do you think that are like copied and pasted from like the Paramount Plus summary? Is this a test? No, I'm not actually genuinely asking. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, like, I, like I, I feel like it's got to be copy and pasted from somewhere because it like, uh, there's even ones like the previous episode, I think only mentions like Boimler and doesn't mm-hmm. talk about the other ships. And I wonder if that's sort of like a, like that seems like very much that Paramount Plus would like want to 
keep uh, hidden that there were other ships and like that was the whole point of the episode. And it just said like, Boimler wants to impress some senior officers on a long warp. Yeah, and also if I was right, if I if I or another fan was writing these, I feel like we'd be hard. Like we want to put like six sentences in there to be like completionists, where less some like yeah yeah the just... studio executive could be much mm-hmm. more like ah only like needs one sentence. Yeah, we'd be absolutely terrible at this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when this photo, uh, when this episode opens, we finally get to see the culmination of this whole Freeman being evaluated plot. She's getting the promotion. We get to see her husband, the Admiral, in there as well. Um, he seems pretty animated. <laughs> and we meet uh, another captain in there, too. Sonia We've Gomez. Seen her before. Have we? Yeah, she's from TNG. I think she oh. was in engineering with. Um, and it's the same. I looked it up. It was the same actor. Um, That's so cool. But yeah, I think she's with Jordy. I think her scenes are mostly with. Is she the one mm. that spills. I think she spills hot chocolate oh. or something because that's why they make a comment about oh, spilling hot chocolate on Picard. Yeah, because she said, um, like, oh gosh, I've done worse than that. Or some she makes some comment reference to being clumsy or doing oh something embarrassing God. in front yeah. of the senior. Yeah. That's where that's from. I was wondering why that like little scene of the like officer falling on um on the bridge oh, of the yeah. Archimedes yeah, yeah, yeah. came from. Okay, all right. Yep. So, yeah, so she is in two episodes of Star Trek, played by L- Lysia Neff. Um, now I'm going to feel pretty bad saying what I have to say, which is that I thought the audio production on Sonia Gomez was pretty bad. And, like, I, I didn't, like, I, I thought there was something, like, off about the person voicing her. Like, and it was the first time in Lower Decks I could really recognize that they had recorded this at home yeah. without, you know, being in front of the other actors. So, uh, I'm sorry, Lysia Naff. Don't mean to diss you this hard. Uh, but, spill uh, yeah. more coffee now and get all... Yeah, <laughs> awkward. But, uh, but the, the, the Cerritos has been invited to observe the first contact that the Archimedes is going to have with the Lapirians. Is that, is that the right race in here? So. Yeah. The, how, I, was, I was like, Lapirians? Lapirians or Laparites? I think it's Lapirians, but yeah, I think uh, it's Lapirians. But yeah, it, it 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 took me a few times hearing it to like connect. Like, oh, because it's the lap system. I guess that makes sense. But I was I was like, how would they know? Because you know, the the presumably when, when they land, the the Lapirian guy is like, welcome, or like we Lapirians love to party or something like. That. He says something like that, and the system is probably named after the Lapirians as lap. So how did they know? How did Starfleet know that the Lapirians called themselves the Lapirians? Or how did the Lapirians know that it was the lap system in Starfleet if they've not had first contact? Well, I guess like do do I do they always have they like, the each Star other? Trek insurrection setup where like they spy on people for a while <laughs> before they decide that they're actually our records must be complete. Send in the spies. <laughs> <laughs> Build a duck blind. Is that what they call yeah. it? Yeah. They, they, 
they uh, stage an, a revolution on the planet being like, this system is no longer called blah, blah. It's Lapirian or it's not. <laughs> we're now the Lapirians. I, I decree it. This is why, like, you know, you know how those like um, sexually famously happened with the Emperor Nero and also this guy who was president dictator of Turkmenistan until recently, where Nero decided to rename all the months of the year after himself. He renamed the Romans into the Neronians. This is just because the Federation had named the system the needle system. And they were like, we need to, like, have this happen. And no we didn't wonder take the hint. he was 666. The number of the beast was referring to him. <laughs> right. That was actually <laughs> the registration number of his Federation vessel. He was he was uh, Commander Nero of the U- uh, NCC 666 USS <laughs> whatever the heck. I am so, so lost right now. Um, USS also <laughs> Nero. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the episode uh, <laughs> uh, where where Freeman gets promoted. Mariner manages to overhear the promotion is happening, uh, and then later goes and tells all the other senior officers. But before she tells the senior officers, we also get a run in with Jennifer the Andorian. Yeah. yeah. I- I, I well one I feel good about this because we're I feel like this is probably the like the the Boimler and uh, and Mariner thing that we were hinting at early in the season like that's not going to happen don't worry about it uh, I kind of like the budding like romance and or friendship that they've been like they have been teasing this a little bit uh, but I I I kind of liked the way that it kind of it started like resolving and turning into something this episode uh and i mean maybe they'll drop it because it's it's not necessarily the most important plot point but it uh i don't know i i I like seeing this side of mariner where she where she's exploring like the uh like i'm shitty to people because i'm worried about, about getting too attached and stuff like that she does get called out quite a bit throughout yeah. the episode yeah. and it's it's interesting to me because mike mcmahon wrote this episode so it's not a so the creator of the series is introducing this element of mariner being kind of a brat and it being recognized by others mm-hmm. right from her mom on down i mean we've all known it for two seasons <laughs> now right so um it, it I'm, I'm glad they are turning the corner there and they did it i think a few episodes back actually where um they not only started focusing on others a little bit more but and and toned down her rebellious uh re- repetitive rebelliousness i don't know what you can call it that but yeah. um mm-hmm. uh and i think it it set up nicely for um uh, I think the way you take you tone that down as well as you you um, establish somebody who is um, an equal, maybe um, more like like an anti-polar equal, right? Like or sorry, a polar equal who who is not mm-hmm. really uh, doesn't have the same traits, but at the same time is also commanding and leading. You never saw that in in Boimler or Rutherford or uh, Dandy, right? So. Welcome, Jennifer. Hopefully she stays on and does not go into the background like Keishan. Yeah, it, well, she, she's been getting a little bit more screen time and yeah. a little bit more lines. Uh, kind of, it's like throughout the season. Uh, it 
Which I, I, I guess I also building. appreciate that we didn't, uh, it wasn't like episode one of season two is just like 30 minutes of uh, suddenly Jennifer is a character. <laughs> they eased us into it. Yeah. Well, this... We already talked about this. I think like it was a throwaway line when she's just oh, like, hey, yeah. Jennifer, you know, like, <laughs> or, you know, uh, ad libbing or whatever. And then they turned it into a character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definitely, um, Man, sometimes, by the way, do you all have this where sometimes you're, you're on the podcast, you're speaking, you're about to say something and you go blank. This happens with me with names all the time. But right now, I was just going to say Tony Newsom's name and I just went blank. <laughs> anyway, Tony Newsom ad-libbed that out of the way Jennifer, yeah. as you mm-hmm. were saying, uh, Emily. And that's that I, I like how the show, I think, is able to embrace those like throwaway mm-hmm. references and then mm-hmm. bring them in. And I wonder if some of the reaction of the people to Jennifer, where people reacted positively to Jennifer on the screen, there's like jokes about her online, that led them to kind of feature her a little bit more in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I feel like this, maybe it's just something about the format of the show, or maybe this, the writers are just like paying close attention to it. It, it feels, I've felt in some episodes, in some series, uh, it feels strange when the writers will like directly respond to what the fans are doing, but it mm. feels natural in lower decks that like, of course they would, they would blow up a character if it turned out that character was, was, was popular or whatever. And it doesn't, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel shoehorned in so much as just like, well, I mean, she had some references. So like, yeah, she became more important because we have a character around already already. Why introduce someone new when you have someone you could flesh out? Yeah. This episode also, I, I don't know how y'all feel about the pacing, but there was an interview with, I forget if it was Mike McMahon or Tony Newsom. One of them, right before Lord X premiered, um, said that there are episodes of this new season that are going to feel like a movie, but they're only 20 minutes when you look at the timestamp. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that. This was definitely one of those for me, mm-hmm. where they crammed yeah. a ton of stuff in here. And it was a little bit longer. Wasn't it close to like 29 minutes long or something? Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was over it was 29, I think, yeah. But still, I mean, that's still not very long as far as, yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it, the. I mean, I, I think maybe even some of it was just like the scope of what they were doing. Like, uh, what they did to the ship was like so drastic that I, I'm trying to think of of live episodes that even came close to to something like this like maybe year of hell where we see like voyager uh, progressively destroyed over the course of uh of that two-parter uh yeah. but it's just like that that visual uh sort of change to the cerritos and, and like all the special effects that were going on with like it just um it made this episode into something that just felt so much bigger and i i, I just uh I, yeah, I, I was just really impressed with with how a lot of the things came together in this episode. One one of the things that we start dealing with pretty early on is that Rutherford's implant is malfunctioning. Mm. As the episode goes on, it becomes increasingly disruptive until he Billups basically coerces out of him the information that he's been saving redundant memories of Tendi because he's so afraid yeah. of losing all of them again, which is very tender. Um, and so and I, I, watching the episode again, I got a better appreciation for the, the scene with him and tending the Jeffrey's tube because of that revelation later. Because he there's this, there's that like, like kind of tenderish moment where it kind of seems like 
uh, Rutherford's gonna be like, she says like, I love this ship, and Rutherford's like, I want to tell you something, and it's gonna be like, you know, I love you or whatever, and he's like, I love the ship too, and like, <laughs> they both give each other a big <laughs> hug, and it just puts all of that into a very different light. The mm. the part where they like, she holds his hand and like leads him around the ship, and yeah, um. Uh, so so I like the direction that they're going with Tendi and Rutherford. I don't think it's too slow. I think I, I appreciate the like, you know, you it's it's like the Ross and Rachel thing. Like once mm-hmm. they get together, what else is left to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so this I I appreciate. What do y'all think? Yeah, I I, I think I, I I like it. And it's um I was a little bit worried when we were focusing so much on like, oh, it's because I have so much memory uh, like stored up in my, I'm like, are we going to delete your memories again? Like, is this, is this for some reason going to be the, the joke that we do every single season, which like, I, I, I don't know. Like they, Kenny on, on South Park. With- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We k- kill Kenny every episode. We lose Rutherford's memory every season. Like I, I just, I felt like it wasn't enough of a focus this season for it to be worth doing again. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they didn't do that. And I feel like this is a good, I, this feels like a good way to slow down their relationship. Um, that doesn't just feel like the writers, like making that like, well, we, we can't, we can't have them to get together because it's a TV show and the TV show will end when they get together. Well, and he didn't delete all memory. He just deleted the redundant memories. So he's still, at this point, he still has memories of her. It's just, he's worried if something were to happen to him, then they would all go away. I um I was very irritated. I mean I I didn't didn't have emotional feelings one way or the other, but I was very irritated with that pop up. Um it irritated me and he, he never got rid of it like till till right till the end. And also, right, in the future error messages are still very uh uh non-explanatory so you don't know uh, what, until somebody scans it on the outside you don't know there's a simple memory <laughs> issue i mean it, um, it, it fits because we have sql injections as like the same vulnerabilities which like that's that's like something that's been happening for decades in computers <laughs> and that uh, discovery has has those vulnerabilities to control uh in the future <laughs> uh, it just shows that the uh, there's a lot about software design that we don't learn even in another 200 years Control hack discovery. That, Sorry, I, was, yeah. I was upset that there wasn't that like Windows like error chime no. from Windows ninety eight <laughs> <laughs> when those pop ups came up. So one of the things that happens is when Rutherford deletes his memory, we get like quick screenshots. Which, yeah. dear mm-hmm. listener, if you're not the type of person to pause the at every single frame, mm-hmm. there were a few that weren't in previous episodes and and four specifically you can find these screenshots on the star trek lower deck subreddit or you know if you google like star trek lower decks easter eggs you can find some shots of this but uh one of my favorites was that they they have what looks like a new year's 2381 celebration and they have those silly eyeglasses still where they have like the little like and because they have the like the eye being at the lower part of the three and the lower part of the eight (laughs) yeah so I'm glad they haven't, you know, 300 years in the future just still using those dumb glasses. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, and, and I guess, like, that's the kind of thing that I like. Um, forever much we've talked about, like, oh, the, the like, lists or references that they do in, in Lower Decks are, are a little bit annoying. I, I like these kind, this sort of way of doing a throwaway thing. Like, it's not, it's not a reference to anything happening, mm-hmm. um, like in a, that's already happened in a previous episode of Star Trek, but it, like it's a nice humanizing 
uh, moment of like making us like, oh, the people in the future are just like us. They also have dumb glasses and stuff like that. Um, just felt like a nice touch. I, I, I guess, uh, yeah. did, do, do we have a, uh, I, I wanted to take a screenshot of it, but I didn't think of it beforehand, but uh, of the, uh, the sequence with, uh, he is being worked he, he, on or something. Yeah, he's being, he's remembering something that he should. Wait, 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 that's not important. What we really have to focus on is the <laughs> fact that there's a nude painting with him and Tendi having tons of fun painting Ransom nude. Um, <laughs> and Tendi gives him boobs or something. <laughs> yeah. She, she gives boobs. him massive pecs or boobs or something and, and basically draws him, uh, let's say, presenting. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. There's also like a, a them trapping some sort of bug under a glass and then they have one of those <laughs> finger trap devices where they're stuck together. So anyway, you go, go and find these screenshots. But okay, now we can talk about the kind of inconsequential thing that you noticed, Adam. <laughs> well, before before you get into that, when I when I saw when I saw those silhouettes, right? Uh-huh. I was I was so worried that he's actually forgotten um, he's actually wiped his memory and he's waking up again and he's looking at people and they're blank, right? Like they're not really people. <laughs> so I didn't realize that that was a memory. I was like, oh my God, he's lost memories and people are now silhouettes to him. <laughs> oh no. So so the the silhouettes there are discussing that they've implanted memories in Rutherford about why he has his implant that are they're, they're dishonest memories. So when Rutherford says that he chose to have his implant, he hasn't chosen. It seems to be some sort of involuntary medical procedure. Mm. Right? Yeah, he'll remember it as a voluntary implant is what they say. And uh, yeah, it's a whole new plot line that can open up next season. Um, maybe it's... Can... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say maybe it's tied to... The cliffhanger at the end, maybe it's completely different, but intrigue all the way. Well, and I can't remember, does does he say to someone, I think I just saw something I wasn't supposed to see, or I yeah. can't remember who he says it to. Was it Billups, or Dendi. was it... Dendi. It was Tendi. Tendi. Okay. Yeah. And, and he just, like, moves on immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a post on Star, the Star Trek Lower Decks subreddit, which talks about... It's called the Rutherford Conspiracy, mm. and it talks about how his... Uh, Basically, his hobbies are designing uh, viruses that are instructive, like Badgie. He designs very accurate models of a ship, including the, the warp core and, like, weapons. Oh. And we don't know what he's doing when he's, like, disappeared into the Jeffries tubes for days on end. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're setting up, like, a Geordi-style a uh, storyline of, uh, like, because he has the visor, he's, like, they're they're using... They're, it, well, with Geordi, they were just, like, hacking his video feed, but maybe there's something deeper with uh, Rutherford. Mandalorian so, candidate? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Mandalorian? Oh, my God. New show. That is a new show right there. <laughs> 
slap happy now. I was gonna say I was gonna say sleeping uh, sleeper sleeper Cylon, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is basically Adam. What you're saying is that ever, the people who have been behind the backleds, behind Rutherford, mm-hmm. behind everything, are Lursa and Bador, the Klingon <laughs> sisters from <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> Generations. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they just had to come back through the. the we we've already set up the Black Mountain, uh, so so they they they've defeated their three copies of their father. They uh, are there's two of them and only one father, and so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and 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 they're, and they're like they're Klingons, so like. Eating their own heart is not a big deal, so there you go. It, it's very easy for them to come back from the dead. They're bridge officers, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Matt, we I, every everything's there. It, it is all there. It's all there. Connect the dots. See the pattern. Okay. All right. Um, it's. I am looking forward to next season with that. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about implications for next season when we do our season two recap, but. Um, just just before we take the break here, let's let's quickly give Boimler the time of day with Captain Freeman Day. Uh, <laughs> He's a good artist. Yeah, I I, I love the loving re- recreation of Captain Picard Day, like down to the uh the like the same kinds of colors and and whatnot. It's a vanity holiday to trick kids into worshiping authority. That, yeah, <laughs> that was that. an amazing line. I loved that. <laughs> I, I it, it just reminded me of those people who are like total buzzkills around Christmas or whatever, where everyone's like, "Oh, this is like, it's it's the thing about." Um, I forget. A, f- a friend of mine was like super not into the whole gift giving thing, which fair, it's fair, no problem. But then I was just enjoying some eggnog and being like, this Christmas market is amazing. And this person was being a huge buzzkill about it. I was like, listen, we're eat- we're drinking like hot beverages in a cup. It's nice and cozy. There's like reindeer over there. Like, let's be happy. It's okay. Let's just like <laughs> enjoy. That's a lot of eggnog. Right. Not, not uh, everything yeah. needs to be a thing. <laughs> right. Let's just chill out. Like enjoy the nice red and green lights. It's like those folks who are like, "Ugh, Starbucks took the the Christmas off their cup. It's oh, just gosh. a plain red cup now. Life over." It's like no, not chill. It's okay. They're not sending a message. They just it's just a cup. It's just a cup, everybody. It's just a cup. <laughs> so um. I, I like the the running joke of like the, the it being for kids and there are no kids in the Cerritos, so clearly <laughs> Boimler has to be the one to do it. <laughs> Captain Freeman still somehow assumes it was the kids. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it was me, it was me. Oh <laughs> uh, it was it's um I, I I don't know where like I don't think that like ties up like I, I the the lack of that plot I don't think would have done anything to this episode if it had just gone mm. away but it was a nice little interlude. Um, speaking of nice little interludes, let's take a break over here. I'll play a little clip from the uh, episode for our listeners here, and then we'll be right back with much more. Captain Freeman, I'm Commander Mandel. Under the authority of Starfleet Command, you... I have to stop you right there, Commander. I'm not leaving the Cerritos. I'm afraid you don't have a choice. (laughs) I'm turning down the promotion. Look, she might not seem like much to you, but this ship is my home. 
You're under arrest for the destruction of Pakled Planet. What? What are you talking about? Hey, let, let her go! This is madness! Captain, what are your orders? Stand down! What are the charges? We have proof that you colluded with Klingon extremists to plant a Veruvian bomb in the Pakled capital city. My God, when did this happen? Today, 0900, while you were conveniently on a mission. I'm sure just as planned. She had nothing to do with this! That is for a tribunal to decide. I'll kill you! Stop! Let them do their job. But, Mom... Captain! That's an order! We have the truth on our side, and I don't want the crew finding out until we know more. Congratulations, Captain! On behalf of the crew... <gasps> Starfleet Security, this woman is under arrest. Welcome back to Strange New Take. So we've been talking about a lot of stuff. We took a very long break just now. Let's <laughs> jump straight into the main plot, which is that the Archimedes is hit by an energy wave uh, that uh, that started with a solar flare in the lab system, destroying a planetoid, and then created this energy wave with debris in it. Did anybody else, when they saw this wave coming at an Excelsior-class ship, be like, Shields! Shields! <laughs> and and kind of go from there. Like from Star Trek Six. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like such such an awesome call out. I, uh -huh. I and nobody talked about it at all. Oh really? That was I mean the first thing I thought of was was Praxis, right? It's Exactly, Praxis. exactly. That, that's what I mean. It's such a clear call out, but nobody in the episode is like, this seems oh. like you know it happened to Sulu I or whatever. I see what you mean. I see yeah, what you mean. It's it's very much just like one of those things that's in the background. And that's what I liked about this episode. There's mm -hmm. so many references, like the first contact style panels on the outside of the ship yes. that are clear yeah. callouts to previous Star Trek, but nobody's like Oh, this seems like blah blah blah. You know, like it's just you get mm -hmm. to sit and just enjoy the throwbacks. Right. Well, and, and and I guess even on the level of like the episodes called First First Contact, which like it's just because there there's already an episode called First Contact. They call <laughs> can't call it that, and then so is it. So is a movie. Uh, so um, so yeah, I, I I I I like this style of um, referencing because it, it's it's more like where it, the show is just like fully steeped in star trek lore or whatnot it's it's not yeah there's there's no list that we're saying and then yelling drumhead at the end even though that was hilarious but <laughs> <laughs> you know the one thing i did oh go ahead notch because you might i was going to slightly change the subject oh i the um the one thing that i did not like about this episode and i it, it this actually i don't like this about most television shows um, I didn't like the whole miscommunication plot lines that were happening, like, or where people were sharing information when they didn't have the full information. So like, mm. uh, uh, Tendi making an assumption that she was being removed from the ship. And it's like, I, I just, those kind of plot lines drive me crazy. And, um, and also even with, um, with Mariner overhearing her mom yeah. talk, you know, like I was just like, God, just get all your information. I mean, you don't go <laughs> spreading all this stuff until you actually know what the information is. And I know that is like every television show ever, but <laughs> it just drives me crazy. Yeah. And like every book and stage play. And it, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I get you with, with Tandy because it like that one felt just a little bit more annoying to me. Uh, Cause I'm just like, it's, it's not that that's not what's happening. Um, but I, I think I, I understand it at least with Mariner because I feel like it, uh, as you mentioned before, Notch, like Mike McMahon, like sort of turning this 
into like we're we're examining Mariner's character a bit more and like pointing out like she's kind of petty sometimes and like a bit of a brat. Yeah. And I I feel like that part of the story of her, her part of the storyline this episode highlighted that and sort of the how she really has some growth points that she needs to work on that mm-hmm. um I, I felt like there was a there was a clear purpose for that part of the episode at least. Whereas like Tendi I I mean, I like the resolution where it's sort of we realize that, oh, Tendi is actually the first of our crew to like get a, a real fast track type promotion that feels like it could be like a permanent thing and is maybe opening up the show to be not just lower decks anymore. Like that's sort of the premise of the show, but it doesn't have to be where it is for all X number of seasons. Yeah, it, it does seem like a movement also in terms of... I, th- I think the like the shift in tone is also about, in my opinion, the, the crew working together effectively. So you bring mm-hmm. the entire Cerritos crew together. They work together. All of the conflicts are kind of in the background. Everybody is kind of... It, it feels a little bit different than some other episodes where we've seen this crew do shenanigans. And here they're, they're shown as kind of this very effective group of people um, at the end when they're faced with this crisis of like, we need to get the hull off the ship. We need to yeah. save the Archimedes. Well, and, and, and I guess along those lines, like it's uh, that that makes it that much more important to have the Mariner storyline in there where she she's petty. She makes the rest of the bridge officers like also right. in that kind of bratty uh, tone because it, it's like they they are able to put all of that aside uh, in order to save another ship and and like a whole planet of people from the right. uh, which I, I mean, it it would be some sort of like gigantic antimatter explosion if the if the ship crashed into the planet. I assume. Um, well, so. and this is one of the episodes where Mariner is probably the least effective member of the crew uh, yeah. the, that we focus on. Like everybody else is doing something cool, and she's just whining and being bratty the whole time, and she gets called out for it. Which which I I, I think that was like a. I, I saw it as like you're saying, Adam. Like it was a character development moment. I didn't mm-hmm. see it as kind of a big issue. It just was like this you know pitch of like mariner being the cause of problems but also getting things done finally she was in the way a little bit and people said no you gotta you gotta go sort it out um and she worked well with jennifer at the end and they it it was kind of a mea culpa on that at the end where it seemed like she kind of recognized where things are going wrong for her and made up with someone who maybe irritated her on a personal level but they forged a working relationship yeah, and, and I feel like it's a it it helped to have this because the characters were able to directly address something that was that Mariner was doing and was like annoying without it having to be this sort of maybe meta thing about like them noticing in every episode that she's doing this thing and is really annoying. Right. Like it was just like, hey, we've got this. You need to trust us and you're you're not right now. The thing that you need to do is make is make up with your mom and just like figure things out, help up there. So speaking of which, that conversation happens in Sedation Ops, which we finally get to see. <laughs> I like. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's one of the like. I would have totally understood it if they just never ever showed us Cetacean Ops. We just did like at the very end, like Boimler walks into Cetacean Ops, and like we see the look on his face, and that's it. But um, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like almost, I, I'm delighted, but I'm slightly disappointed, but I also love it. And I don't But know. the best part was when they saved Boimler. His blowhole is broken. Don't let him dry out. Spray him with water. That part made me laugh out loud. <laughs> They're oh, like yeah. super horny dolphins too, which apparently dolphins in real life are also kind of horny. Uh, yeah. So they're like, yeah, so hey, why don't you jump in? You look sweaty. Come hop in skinny dip and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting because they're wearing uniforms. So yeah. like, yeah. what? <laughs> that <was> weird. <laughs> I guess I'm also wondering, so like, uh, is, had, was there any genetic engineering that happened or are dolphins currently capable of serving in Starfleet? And, uh, we're just, I, I mean, I, I can see Star Maybe Trek. They are currently points. serving in Star, Starfleet. They are the ones observing humanity. <laughs> the duck blind is our, our oceans. Yeah. So, the, the, um, they are the, uh, third most intelligent species on the planet, according to, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, no, we are the oh, third. Oh, we are the third. They're the second. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> so long and thanks for all the fish. Um, yep. Boimler also saved the day here. Another another Boimler is actually a Stone Cold Badass moment. So mm -hmm. I thought, I mean, when he went down, I was like, yeah, there's going to be a dr dramatic moment where he's not going to have enough oxygen to come back up. So that's happening. But then as he started to... Um, get knocked out and lose consciousness i was like oh either they'll save him which was pretty probable or you get the other boimler back um so it, it kind of left me in like an in, indecisive moment I, I knew they were not gonna like um uh you know write him off for sure um it separately though uh, was a that? classic Harry Kim style move <laughs> just replace him and then never mention it ever again <laughs> yeah <laughs> The I, I I expected him to die and get replaced by William Boimler oh, or something like okay. I but I think that was gonna be too serious for Lower Decks um to to pull off something like that so uh, I'm I'm kind of glad, glad they did not do that and instead we got the blowhole joke <laughs> instead <laughs> but um at the end of this episode the Archimedes gets tractored in um we also see. One thing before we get to that point, the ransom comes through as as the new Riker. He's super confident. He can fly the ship with no view screen. Yeah, with the, the joystick. I mean, it was. I guess everybody kind of got their hero moment in this episode. You know, this one kind of this scene kind of reminded me. I didn't remind me at the moment, but it reminded me now looking back of the scene in um, Deep Space Nine, where. Uh, they didn't have communication on the ship, so Nog is kind of serving as an intermediary, um, mm. calling out orders from one station to another or something. But it's kind of kind of felt that way when they were calling out like where he needed to go in order to avoid different things. So that's another one of those callouts mm -hmm. that they didn't hit over the head. Well, and I I, I like the, um, I, I don't I like these storylines where Star Trek sort of tries to peel back like let's take away some of our like invulnerability and technology and and whatever. And like, let's just show our our characters being just like competent, effective officers. Right. And it's uh, and it it didn't. I mean, of course, everything is, is a MacGuffin when like it's just space magic, and like that's that's as like deep as we go with the science of of any of this stuff. But like, it um, it just it it made the episode feel a lot more real and and like actually tense for me is was was sort of like oh oh like. Now, how are we going to like get the final panel off and like we're having to start too soon like i just uh 
Yeah, it, it, I mean, some of those were like movie style feelings about uh, where we were going. And, and now that you mentioned that, I was um, I wanted to add that for some reason through this episode, maybe it's because of the production value um, in those milestone scenes, right? When the ship is ready without the, the all all the help plating, or they just come in and rescue um, uh, the other ship. I had the two thousand nine. Uh, track playing in my head for some reason just in my head mm. and and it kind of fit well i don't know um it, i mean this episode and the one before i think they are yeah um they are they're a very good direction for where where lds can go um it's a yeah, good balance absolutely. of comedy intrigue and like it, it, i mean accelerating towards the end maybe but when the the other ship, it sort of it, it it hits the atmosphere, right? So it starts to burn up, and I didn't yeah. expect that. I I thought that these guys will come in and get them. So then you're kind of at the edge of your seat, wondering if, wait, so is it gonna crash, and are they gonna you know prevent it from hitting population centers or, um? So there's good intrigue, and and I like that. And maybe sometimes in anime you you can't do that, right? Like in in comical anime you can't do that. So I think there's a good balance. I also really want that final shot of the Cerritos with like kind of a damage on its hull, but no plating. I think that would make for a great Star Trek model. It would collect a lot of dust very quickly in those little nooks and crannies, but <laughs> there would be an amazing model to have. Um, I got to say that I just appreciated also how this episode showed us the entire like other cast on the Cerritos we saw a lot of our previously shown minor characters just in the background mm -hmm. one person notably absent is Ensign Barnes who was there as recently as the previous episode she was I think wearing like ski attire on the oh, bridge yeah. when they like leave the holodeck mm -hmm. she's not there and so people are speculating that Barnes is Rutherford's handler as a spy master because she, she dates him both times that he comes back to the Cerritos and Whoa. so is she she's some sort of like uh is she the one who blew up the packet planet for example we don't know but I just wanted to point this out as part of this plot as well well you know I also I found it interesting I thought for sure that stuff that got introduced in the last episode was going to make an appearance in this episode mm -hmm. and it didn't really except mm -hmm. clearly there's something else happening behind the scenes to implicate Captain Freeman so, you know, we there we didn't see what that was and I and I wonder if somehow that has something to do with the storyline that we saw last week. But I I just really expected I you know, I like I thought the Vulcan lower decks character was gonna end up on the Cerritos or you know, and they, yeah, they didn't yeah. do any of that. So Yeah, I, I guess I, I, I was kind of expecting this episode to lead directly from that one, but maybe she'll be a season three character, or maybe she's just gonna get dumped and it was just like a fun storyline, which I Maybe that would be also okay. But I, I feel like this show has been, um, for how much it's just a, sh a, a comedy that just, like, has throwaway lines constantly, it, we're actually, like, tying up a lot of things and bringing things back together much more than kind of any any Star Trek that isn't a just, like, straight-up serial show. So Mike McMahon had a interview with Gizmodo, and would you all like a small spoiler relating to the end of this episode for Season 3? Sure. Sure. Let's Dear listener, for fast forward about a minute if you don't want to hear this. Uh, Jennifer and Mariner are going to be dating in season three. And uh -huh. Captain Amina Ramsey is going to be back as well, probably Freeman's replacement. Uh, we don't know that for sure. 
Oh. But there's oh. strong implications that Ramsey. This is this is that like you know the crew that Mariner was was invited onto the ship. I think when Freeman was gone on that like yeah. secret mm-hmm. mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's implied that Mariner and Ramsey dated in the academy yeah. as yeah. well. So we'll see what happens. Um, and I mean, this was I, I, that was what I was left with at the end of this episode. I was like, Mariner and Jennifer seem to be getting really close. Like, are they going to be dating? Like, what's going to happen? So. McMahon has confirmed that that is indeed what happened. So I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. I think it could reveal a side of Mariner that we haven't seen so far, um, which is a little bit deeper because I feel like in relationships, people tend to be different than what they mm-hmm. present externally. And so you yeah. get a deeper appreciation for a human being seeing how they react in private to somebody else. So I, I think it could be, it could take Mariner's character in very interesting places. Um, yeah, and and I guess we could have season three is sort of the where we're really fleshing out and going into her character the way that season two has been for for Boimler, right? Uh, yeah, which maybe also means that we're going to have five total seasons. Uh, season four will be either Rutherford or Tendi, and then season five will be the other one. So no season for the dolphins. Wow, mm. well, it's very specious of you. Well, you that know. could that could bring us to seven. Is we have Dolphin One go. and then Dolphin Two. I don't remember their names. <laughs> but what about the other two ships, the Vulcan ship and the Klingon ship? Two more seasons. Okay, the, uh, so we'll get up to nine seasons there. <laughs> <laughs> the show will just never end. Um, well, uh, just at the very end, let's talk about the ending. Um, Captain Freeman gets arrested and then gets the saying goodbye to Neelix style send off uh or the <laughs> also, crew yeah also the saying goodbye to Worf send off in redemption which is the episode i watched last week but yeah i was like look at all these callbacks in this episode i just watched <laughs> it's too bad boimler wasn't like doing a little dance with his like foot going like side to side <laughs> um did y'all expect that though um no, I, not did at y'all all. Ex- were y'all expecting anything? Like, what, 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 did you have guesses? Do I had one. Me to talk. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I I'll come clean. I thought it, this is weird, but I thought that Starfleet was so impressed with the whole crew that they were all getting a new ship. That's yeah, what same, we thought too. Same. That's what we thought too. <laughs> and I was so sure of it that it was even more of a shock when she got arrested. Yeah, same here, <laughs> same here. And I, I wonder if they were even like purposely trying to set you up for something like that because yeah, like, oh, we're bringing the whole crew together. So we're going to, nope. Because I was so impressed with the crew. I was like, yeah. they did some pretty awesome stuff there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it seems kind of very, it seems very trigger happy in Starfleet's part to be like, you know, the planet blew up. So it's clearly the captain that we sent to meet with yeah. the Rumdar. I mean, I feel bad for Starfleet security, right? Whether it's Picard season one or <laughs> Lower Deck season two. They're just, they keep getting infiltrated and... and See, this is this is the backdoor pilot for the Section 31 show. Yeah, there you go. Giorgio. Like, oh that's, that's what this actually is. Um, we, we'll talk about our speculation for who we think destroyed Backlog Planet next week. But... I think this is this is a cliffhanger that I I said last week I hate cliffhangers. I yes. really hate cliffhangers and I really want to see the next episode. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Which like um, it, it feels weird to feel that way about lower decks cuz I I don't know that like if they had thrown a a cliffhanger at me like this that I guess we kind of had some uh last season but it it's just like I, 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 like I'm now invested, and I feel like this uh, the way I feel about like a lot of other Star Trek series. Like, 
I, I, I don't know. There's mm-hmm. there's something that's happened at the end of this season that has just I've uh, I've flipped around. I want more lower decks. I was tired uh, of lower decks at the end of uh, yeah. season one, and just not at all right now. I think I mean I we'll have let's let's say more about this next week but specifically for this episode i think if this is the new dynamic of how much humor is in the show versus how much story and and action i think that's a very positive move um Mm -hmm. because i enjoyed like honestly that ballroom dancing joke kind of fell flat for me because it it kind of broke up the tension Mm -hmm. in in the rest of the I forgot thing. about it until just now, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, it, it kind of felt like they were trying to maintain a little bit of the older lower decks of like the mm-hmm. other episodes of this one. I was like, you don't need that. You don't need those like non-sequitur jokes in moments of tension. Mm-hmm. This doesn't need to be that kind of TV show. Um, and I really enjoyed the seriousness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we'll see. We'll talk a little bit maybe more about mood later on. For now... Uh, any final thoughts, any other things that y'all have before we move on to ratings? I don't think I have anything. Yeah, no, I I think we've we've covered everything that I've got. All right. Well, oh, one, one last thing. And this is, again, goes credit gets given to this for some anonymous Redditor who came up with this. Um, first of all, Boimler claims that he saw the koala mm, in yes. the universe, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. And then do y'all think Kirk at the end of Generations when he dies and says, oh my, he sees the koala. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> totally, he saw the koala. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, thank you for including that. It's another yeah. conspiracy oh, thread. Also, Tiana purring when she gets the hug. <laughs> yeah. That was like my favorite. My cat does that. She just climbs into my arms and when I give her a big hug, she starts purring very loudly and it's, it's very relaxing. Y'all should do that if y'all have a cat. Anyway, all right, let's move on to strange new ratings. Who wants to stick their necks out and give episode 10 of season two a rating? I'll go ahead. Um, I kind of went overboard last time, so I have to course correct this time. Um, I will give this nine uh, uh, floating rogue hull platings out of 10. Um, liked again in the continuation of the previous episode liked how um they're they're able to pack so much in and do it nicely right we, we saw discovery not being able to do that as well in certain episodes but pack a lot of it in i also don't like cliffhangers but i think this is a pretty decent one um and i'm invested in the show um it it makes me double down on this is the best trek in 20 years um uh, in general i feel mm. uh, these last two episodes i feel uh, and I'm really looking forward to um, having the second last episode connect to this last episode into next season and next season not being completely different. But we'll talk more about that next time. I'm going to jump in here and say that I'm also at a nine. I thought this episode, the only thing it lacked, in my opinion, was some sort of like major philosophical thing or some something like deeply profound that made me be like, oh man, I want to like put this on and repeat for the next 10 hours but it is otherwise an extremely good episode of star trek enjoyed it thoroughly i watched it a second time today and uh, it was it was a ton of fun i mean i i think so i i'm just two out of ten didn't like it very much (laughs) (laughs) is that right (laughs) this episode was shit uh i i 
I don't know. I'm I'm just going to become like the the IGN of uh, <laughs> of of reviewers here. I, like this one gets a ten. So every every like most of the time, I'm just going to say ten for anything uh, and any sort of garbage that they that Mike McMahon shows me from now on. Is, I'm just going to rating a 10. inflation. This is yeah. rating inflation. You are the Harvard of rating Star Trek episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just like I feel like, um, so I. I guess the the only knock against it is that I don't I don't know that this Star Trek feels like it's trying to do something important the way that I feel season three of Discovery was doing, but the the writers of Lower Decks don't continually let me down in a way that I feel like all the other shows lately have been doing and like yeah. there, there are moments that i absolutely love of of discovery and that were great in picard but there's just like just enormous flaws that i feel are are so ingrained into each of those seasons of those shows that just i i don't know that i can point to something the same way that in lower decks especially this season too like the the direction that they're going i i have really high hopes for season three Gosh, you just sent me down like the whole spiral of how I was so not excited to hear the most recent trailer for Discovery Season 4 because it's just Discovery Season 2 all over again. Yeah. Except without Captain Pike. But I just like, I mean, existential crisis that's going to affect not just Starfleet, but like all of all of life as we know it that's exactly what they did in season two and i don't know why they can't come up with something different but my strange new rating for (laughs) lower tech season two series season finale would be a 4.5 i can't i can't give it a five out of five yet i'm not at that point with lower decks but (laughs) but this was a really good episode and i really enjoyed it and i can't wait to watch it again we meant to watch it again today and just didn't have time but I I did um, I gotta say that I I have to agree with your take on the discovery trailer. By the way, I made it about thirty seconds in before I was like, nope, I'm not watching this. This is it just feels very annoying to me. But we're not part. <laughs> Hopefully, the season okay, is just better. the trailer. Okay. Huh? I thought you're not gonna watch the season. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I will. I will force myself to watch watch any Star Trek at least once so that i can i can say something and then i have my youtube channel hating on star trek i thought this entire series sucked so much let me tell you why for the next four hours of my life (laughs) Uh, anyway well that's been it's been an enjoyable 10 episodes of talking about lower decks we'll do one more next week before we move on so Thank you, Rudy. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Emily, for talking about this episode with me. I, I watched it and I was like, I can't wait to talk about it. And then we did. It's been fun. Thanks, yeah. Notch. Thanks, yeah, Notch. Thanks, thanks, Notch. Of course. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Dinah. Thank you, Max, wherever y'all are, whatever y'all are doing. I hope you're having a great time. Thank you, dear listener, for sticking with us through 66 amazing episodes. Hope there's many more to come where you will keep listening. Thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music and a special thanks to commander ransom for being a nude model there's sometimes a paucity of those you know not everyone's comfortable with just sitting in the nude all the time you know sometimes even if you are it's a little too cold a little too hot it's not fun but he did it we got a great screenshot out of it Dandy rutherford had a wonderful time a memory rutherford wanted to save three times so uh special thanks <laughs> to commander ransom for that all right everybody goodbye bye <laughs>
Mm-hmm. My hair looks a lot less red and <laughs> like on we Adam's. forgot what we looked like. Yeah. <laughs> Slash, it's also it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long road. Getting, Getting from, from there, there to here. here. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. time. But my, my time is finally near, <laughs> and I could just dream tonight. I, I can touch, touch the sky, sky. <laughs> and you're not gonna hold me down no more. No, no I'm not gonna, gonna change my mind, cause I've I got faith of the heart. <laughs> I'm going where my heart will take me. I don't know all the words. I've, I've got strength of the soul. I can do anything. I've got reach for the stars. I can reach for the stars, probably. That... I, I, I'm already recording. We're recording. <laughs> I've got faith. I've got I've got, I've got, I've got faith, faith of the heart. 